Paul Wetzel. It's 58. On News Radio 570 WKBN, stepping up to the microphone. It's time now for Legally Speaking, the world's uh, favorite legal show. It, it really is. And uh, stepping up to first microphone number two is uh, from the family law arm of uh, Beatrice Kopp and Harshman. Family law, that's child support, divorce, adoption, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we've done adoptions before, absolutely. Because I've asked you if you, if there's any way you could arrange it so Moses could adopt me. You're working on that. I'm working on it. All right. Uh, sporting. Uh, you have to get my consent, though. <laughs> I haven't introduced you yet, so you have to be quiet. Sporting. Sporting. Uh, uh, sporting a beard, which he looks much better in a beard, folks. I'm just going to tell you this much right now. I uh, he's talking about shaving it off in the spring. I'm trying to appeal to him not to do that. <laughs> My wife and I and both have why, discussed your, your beard, and uh, uh, this is what we do at home. And that's why this is the world's best legal show. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when we're not busy, like we'll say, forget the fact that that guy just won a gold medal. I think DeVecchio's better with a beard <laughs> than without a beard, and that's what we talk about. And she thinks you're, you're far oh, you're more wife. handsome with, uh, with a beard. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, you wear facial hair well. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it, it's really good. And you have it trimmed up nice. <laughs> and so do you. You you look stunning in your beard as yes, well. Yes, my beard. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Spoken like a true lawyer. All right. Uh, but that's attorney Mark DeVecchio uh, sporting his polo shirt. Yeah, rather relaxed look for you tonight. Absolutely. All right. We're not in court. This that's is right. kind of casual. Right. Now, on the other hand, stepping on microphone number two, as described by attorney DeVecchio from the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, I think one of the great litigators in our country. I agree. Mm -hmm. Looking always sophisticated and elegant. Yes. Sporting a shirt, tie, pocket square. My man is always dressed to the nines. He really is. Is he not? Yes, absolutely. And that's part of what makes him. It's that aura. But he's not overdressed. He's just dressed right to where you have respect for him. But but it's not a pompous dress. I agree completely. All I can do is say thank you. Right. I mean, he could be literally on the cover of AARP. <laughs> oh, I'll take that back. No, no, no. no. I meant that, that as a compliment. You, you know, they had Jamie Lee Curtis on a cover of AARP. I'm just saying you could get on there with your, with, with, with your look and that kind of stuff. Do you get that monthly? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. You know what I got the other day? I got my, my, my Golden Buckeye card. They sent it to me in the mail. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that is bad. I said that clearly there must be a mistake. This must be the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but son of a gun, if it didn't have my name on it. Oh, God. The magazine has some good articles. Yes. It does. Yes. The AARP? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't read it so much. By the time I get done reading my traditional stuff, Jugs, Penthouse, Lee, <laughs> and Hustler, I'm exhausted. So that's all another story. All right. Uh, so you, you want to talk legal questions? We got them. You got a question on child support, divorce, custody? Those are my favorite questions. Moses always uh, gets upset with me because if I would... Uh, pursue my legal profession i would be a divorce attorney that is just what i love it's what i live for you're welcome to it yeah i know you did it and you burned out on it real quick yes why don't you just have mark uh take you uh as his shadow me yes yeah shadow me for a couple days you could be his legal assistant a paralegal 
Right. I, Why I, not? It might be a good idea for me to do something I, I like that. I think he wants it. I think he wants it, Mark. I oh, would. Yeah. Lo- I would love to have him. I'd have to chair though in the courtroom. No, I'd have to have an. Uh, you know, I'd have Absolutely. to be able to be there and that kind of stuff. All right, seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven. If you got legal questions, I have three lines in Youngstown open. Uh, auto accidents, uh, medical malpractice, dog bites, uh, child support custody issues, anything along those lines, plus any other legal question, 729-9977, We'll get you through to us here tonight, News Radio 570 WQB. Moses is licensed in Pennsylvania, and uh, DeVecchio is licensed in Ohio, just so people know. So we got both states covered, right? Correct. All right. You seem like you're mellow to me tonight. Is everything okay? Is there something you need to talk to me about? Well, I had a cup of coffee just before I came in. Shouldn't that pump you up the caffeine or something? Well, it it, it relaxed me today. There, I also had a few little cookies with that too. So that that just pleased me. Would okay. you like me to get you a pillow? You want to take a nap? Or something? When he made that he made that gesture with his fingers, I thought he was going to say, "I had a few little shots." So did I. Yeah, <laughs> and that really mellowed me, man. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> I feel as though I should talk quietly so I don't disturb Moses, right? <laughs> All right, let's take some calls. Joe, you have a legal question? I have the brilliant legal minds that are here. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is concerning a, uh, a matter about uh, me backing out of my friend's driveway. And uh, there had been a uh, gentleman that was selling... Uh, a door-to-door product for uh, some kind of a uh, yard spray. And what happened was um, the man parked his car right in the spot where I didn't realize when I backed out of the driveway that the car was there. And what I did was I gently scraped the side of his door on his SUV. Mm -hmm. And the little, tiny little scrape, or it couldn't have even been a dent, it was about as big as a pack of cigarettes. Well, me being want to be a nice, honest guy, I waited until the guy came back to his car. And I told him, I says, hey, uh, sir, I says, I accidentally, you know, uh, scraped scraped the side of your door. And he says, oh, well, uh, he called the policeman and everything, and the policeman saw everything. And and here, uh, I figured, well, geez, they could probably fix that for peanuts, you know? Yeah, a couple thousand. That's how auto body okay, shops are, believe me. Right. <laughs> they, they screwed my insurance company with the cost of a brand-new, complete door just for what could have been a $50 uh, Santa down, touch it up, you know? Yeah, but somewhere your insurance company probably said, Yeah, your insurance company, company yeah. Your insurance company makes the call on that one. The guy called the police because typically he knew what he was doing. Insurance companies won't settle claims like that without a police report, or at least they're going to give you a difficult time. So he called the police, got a police report. Once it was submitted to your insurance company, they'll send an adjuster out. They'll go take pictures, depending on the amount of damage, and you know what what they are forced to pay out. They, they don't want to spend any more money than you want them to spend. Trust me. Here's well, how this probably uh, went, caller. Just listen for a second. No. Hang on a second. The guy probably called the police, got a police report, drove home, got a sledgehammer out of his garage, and <laughs> smashed the living hell out of his door. That's right. I've seen that done before, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you do you have a smartphone? Did you take any pictures or anything? I should have taken a picture. My battery was dead on my smartphone. Yeah, cell phone. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but yeah, what, you know what, that just goes to show you you're being a nice guy. You want to be a Christian person, and you get screwed by somebody you, like that. Did you did you talk to your insurance uh, person who settled the case? Just I fun. called my insurance company and I told them. I says, hey. Isn't there some kind of a law saying that when you have the guy that's going to be looked, he's going to take it to to get them to decide what the damage is for me to be there to see if he didn't do what you were talking about? No, there's no law, but uh, clearly the appraiser came out and looked at it. Absolutely. And they, made a, they made a settlement. They made a value judgment call. But, boy, I'm telling you, you know, it just goes to show you, a lot of times you want to be a nice guy, you want to do what's right, and you get screwed right well, to the wall. You know what? I- but I'm you a did firm hit the believer. door. I mean, he did hit yeah. the door, and you're at fault. And let's be realistic. You're not an auto body guy. You don't know what's involved. Oh, wait a minute. It's... I worked at body shops as a second job, uh, like uh, half my life. Well, sir, you know what? When, when you say that you want to be a nice guy, I mean, what you're describing, it would have been wrong for you to have left that scene without leaving any information. So that would have I been... I didn't leave the scene. I was there. Right. I'm, I'm saying the you, you did what... Right. It was very minuscule. Right. right. And you, you did what you were supposed to do, and it was a good thing to do and a responsible thing. And I'm convinced that if you do that, and that's how you make it your common practice, that it's gonna, you're gonna even things out. You're gonna get your reward at some point in time. I really believe if you <laughs> do the right thing, eventually it comes back to you. But to well, quote you know, caller, to quote Dave Beatrice, that's why you have insurance. You. Some people, uh, uh, right? They want to, they want to push to get maximum whatever the heck it is. Caller, caller let, me, let me add I something. I wanted a new door. Uh, all right. Go, I, I let, mean, let we add. got it. Go ahead. I got ready. Go ahead. If you're still listening, caller, if you had left the scene without notifying the person or leaving information, you would be charged with a crime of leaving the scene of an accident. So, If anyone took, got his license plate or, yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's always somebody around who sees what's happening. So you did the right thing, so don't feel badly about it. Right. That's all I can say, yes. You know what I do? If that would have been me, I would have got it, got there, and people would be looking out. I'd be writing a note, and the note would say, I'm writing this note, and people think I'm leaving you my information, but I'm not, and have a nice day. <laughs> I would have put it on the window. I would have left and been scot-free. Scheming. Wise. No, because Scheming. you know what? Right. Somebody would have taken a picture of your driver, of your license plate, or said something. You know, they would they would have got your description. And especially with, with that distinctive beard, they would have identified <laughs> you. Yes, says George yes. Washington. Uh, now, you know what my wife says. Here's some advice. You always give advice. I learned this from my wife. I listen to everything she says to me. And all of you people listening, <laughs> secret listening, to a good marriage. Yes, all of you people listening should do this. If ever there's an accident, you know what? If you're in an accident, here's what you should do. And I learned this from my wife, and I don't know where she learned it. Get your phone out, and the first thing you do. Is seriously, is take a picture of the other car in the license plate in case it takes off. Oh, I so agree. So take a picture right Absolutely. Right, a picture of the other car in the license plates and immediately take a picture of the driver. So right. take a picture of that person so you know, you know that what, was though? the person that was there that was driving. That's hard to do because that happened to me not so long ago, about a year ago, maybe, maybe a little over a year ago. I was driving and someone came and was going to wreck into me and I swerved to avoid it and hit the curb and that guy took off. And you're so rattled, the person's flying away. 
you, you can't react well, no, that no. quickly. I'm talking if there's an actual collision. Oh, or yeah, something. when I'm, you're stuck there, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, all of you guys remember that. You got smartphones, that's what you do. Take a picture of the license plate in case the car does take off. Right. Because sometimes they do. Yes. And take a picture of the driver, because that's your proof of the plate. Because right. nobody writes a plate down, and that's a proof of who was driving the car. Right. I learned that. See, she's so smart. I'm married to her that she I listen to her. She is smart. Well, honey, I question her decision on the marriage. Married? Yeah. It took a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I found her Achilles heel. You know right. what I mean? Let's go to Richard. You're on the legal show, News Radio 570. Do you in? Uh, yes. Uh, my daughter's son is artistic. He's receiving Social Security. His child's paying child support. Well, my daughter received a letter from Social Security. Due to the fact that his uh, his uh, dad is paying child support, they consider that earned income. So they're going to deduct that from his Social Security. Is that right? You're going to have to repeat that. I didn't understand the last part of what you said. The question is that they they have a a child that's autistic, and he's getting Social Security disability, and the father is paying child support. And so the Social Security disability is withholding a portion of the payment. Okay, all right. In because the the father is paying child support. So that's in your belly. Well, I mean, it's not really. You're you're talking about Social Security disability. That that's that's kind of a different area. But the bottom line is, so long as a child is under 18 years of age and attending school full time. It, the parents have a duty to provide support. So if you have a father that is gainfully employed, an obligor, someone that owes support and is able to pay support for the child, it's not uncommon for Social Security to say, listen, this is above the amount we would pay anyway. We're deducting it. When the child is emancipated, at, when the child's 18, you could then make application for the full Social Security disability payments, and and then you'll get them. And the father, because that's when his duty to support would end, or if he makes really good money and you want him to continue paying, given the nature of your child's disability, he could be on the hook to pay child support until the child's beyond the child's 18th birthday. But I think the statute says but no later than the uh, 25. Well, he's 20 now. Okay. I would say that you could you still have some years of where you could collect child support, and then at some point in time, disability would kick in at when the father's duty to support the child ends. Why is he still paying child support at 20? Because the child is unable to be gainfully employed. The child cannot support itself. Yeah, but couldn't he gonna stop paying a child support and go fully on Social Security disability? It depends on if the father is gainfully employed, makes a lot of money, he'd be paying more child support than the child would get under the Social Security disability. The Social Security disability is a small amount. You know, the child... Uh, hold on okay, a second. Look. Hang on. Just sit tight. I'm going to come back to you. That's an interesting question. More to come. 521... This is The Legal Show, News Radio 570 WKBN with Moses and DeVecchio. We'll be right back. WKBN. Here's Dr. Cheryl Figliano, the Centers for Hearing Care. They're the, simply the best at what they do. Hi, Doc. How are you? You know, I always forget to tell your listeners about our long wear hearing devices. You can, you can have them in 24 hours a day, swim, sleep, shower with them in. They just become part of you like your natural ears. So, number one, they're invisible. Number two, no one knows you're wearing them. And whether you go to bed, get up, take a shower, go swimming, you leave them in 24-7. So, if anyone out there says, I don't want a hearing aid because it's too much work, this is the product for them. Absolutely, and it's so it's it's a great alternative for you to do that. Listen, you can find out more about it by simply visiting the folks at the Centers for Hearing Care. Where do we find you? 
Well, we have offices all over the Mahoning Valley. Go to our website at www.centersforhearingcare.com and learn more about us. Absolutely. You're the best, Dr. Figliano. Thank you. Thank you. She is terrific. News Radio 570 WKBN. Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy's. We are looking for rain in the forecast, obviously, for tonight. And it's going to stay with us tomorrow. Low tonight down to 47, 70% chance of rain. Maybe even a snow shower tomorrow. 47 for high, 17 for low. 36 on Saturday, 41 on Sunday. 58 right now. News Radio 570 WKBN. All right, in this case, here's my question to you, Attorney DeVecchio. Okay. Uh, if, if the father's paying support, even though the child's autistic, does not his child support obligation end at 18, legally end when that child reaches the age of 18, and then would, should he not go back on Social Security disability the full amount at that point? He'd, the father's obligation should end. The child would be eligible for full benefits, I would say, at the age of 18. But your question is, does a father's obligation to provide support end at 18? Legally. Legally. And the answer is, it depends. Understand, when you emancipate a child, you have to file something called a castle affidavit. The affidavit has to say that my child has attained the age of 18, has graduated from a fully accredited high school, and suffers from no disability that would prevent the child from being self-sustaining. Because this particular child has a disability that prevents the child from being self-sustaining. The child cannot go and independently support himself. So does that extend potentially child? That extends potentially child support. And I believe the statute allows for it up to 25. Now, don't I'm not going to quote that. I have to look at the statute. But for some reason, that figure 25 is jumping out at me. It may not be. But I know it allows beyond the, 20, beyond the 18th birthday. Now, you're talking about a child. If a parent is on Social Security disability and the parent has a, a work history, then that child may be eligible for derivative benefits based on a parent's disability. But in this case, I would imagine the child has a Social Security or Supplemental Security Income, SSI, because I don't imagine that that child had a, any kind of a work history. And that's a nominal amount. It's, it's, only, it's, it's not a lot of money. So if the father is employed and is able to pay child support, I would take the child support over the SSI. But his child support might legally end then at 25. At some point... There's at gonna... some point, it is going to end, absolutely, and SSI will kick in. All right. That's what I wanted to know. 528. Let's go next to, to uh, Mike. you got a legal question, and we'll get to Jerry. Mike, hello. Hello. Go ahead. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a question about a cease and desist order. Um, it was filed on uh, my... My kid and three of uh, three of his friends. Okay, can you hang and on a second? Hang on, I got to pause for the yeah. headlines. I want to come right back to you. This okay. sounds like it could be an interesting question. Cease and desist. I get a lot of those orders around here from you guys. Stay tuned and stand by. We'll pause for the headlines. I'll come back, talk with Mike, and get Jerry's question. The attorneys are here till six. Free legal advice. Seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven. We'll be back. This is the Ron Verb Show on News Radio 570 WKBN. News Radio 570 WKBN. All right, let me go back to Mike. You have a question about cease and desist. Explain the issue, sir. Yes, okay. Uh, my kid, four, um, and also three other friends, they were all served with a de- uh, cease and desist order um, from. Uh, not a very credible source, but uh, nonetheless, it did happen. Apparently, it was filed through the police department. It carried over into the schools, and 
um, the principal was involved, and also the school police officer was also involved. Um, they, were to, they were to cease and desist from doing what? Uh, staying away from a specific person. Is this a court, is this a court order? Uh, I do not believe it was court ordered. Well, was it? Is, um, if it was, is there a time stamp on it, or was it signed by a judge, or does it look just like a letter sent from a person or, or a lawyer, or you know? It, it looks like a school document. It actually it has the school document, um, you know, stamp on it. Okay. So it's an official school document. I'm just. It, is it is it an admission of guilt no. if my kid signs it? Or? No. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do, sir. I would contact the school because uh, okay, they sh- they should have some kind of a hearing for you to uh, state your case relative to what happened and whether the cease and desist should should continue or should it be revoked there should be some kind of a of a a public not public but a forum for you to say listen my kid did it or he didn't do it or it was a mistake he'll never do it again so that it would stay off of his his records stay out of his records i mean the only cease and desist order that i'm aware of that has any bite is the courts can issue a cease and desist order over unfair business practices and stuff like that fraud but even then they'll set it for hearing in 15 days to determine if the order should continue or should or if it should be revoked so this is coming did you say it's coming from the school caller yes it it, it is coming from the school i believe the school um on-duty officer was present at the time spoke to you know some of the kids and said hey this is what it is my kid had to sign it bring it back home to me i in turn had to sign it i did not um and what what is he accused of bullying a kid or something uh i don't know i don't i went to the school i asked and i couldn't get any specifics or facts well if if it concerns your son you're entitled to specifics. They have to keep school records to notify you of what the situation is. Now, you said proof at the very end. You don't need proof. You just need to understand what the school is doing and why they're doing it. What is the allegation? And if I'm sorry, go ahead. Exactly. And when I when I asked that, I said, well, what are the facts and what are the charges? And it wasn't really anything specific. Well, did, did you? Can I ask you a question? And then, yes. so, did you ask your own son what 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 he's doing to get this attention in the first place to get an honest mm-hmm. answer as a parent here? Yeah, yes, I did, and that's one of the reasons that I'm calling is because so I can find out what this cease and desist order is about. But your but your own son didn't say, Dad, they, it's a cease and desist because I was picking on Johnny at lunch. No. No, no. He, I, I asked. I asked about that. That that is not the case. Did he say? Did he? Did he? I, t- I understand the extenuating circumstances behind that. It's been issues going on back and forth, and the person who actually ordered this or started it is, like I said, not a very credible source. They ended up getting uh, pinched for something, and now. They're trying to lash out on a big group of people. Yeah. See, you're being really kind of vague. So unless we knew exactly what was going on, unless I could take a look at the document you received, my basic vague response to you would be, 
ask for a meeting at school. Talk to the teacher, the principal, the officer that was involved. Ask for a meeting. They will give you the meeting. They have to. Um, and, and, you know, if they don't, then you contact a lawyer. I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly, and can I, uh, I hope you're not an unreasonable man. I mean, uh, my question to you, caller, would be if you call a school and sit down with the principal and uh, the police officer and not go there to argue, but to ask them what is, as a parent, you should be concerned. What what is this about? And what did my what did my kid do? You're not there to to you're just there to no, get information. Exactly. You're not there to advocate spoke, for him. When I spoke with the principal, I I went there with the intention of being very reasonable, and I was the whole time. He was a very pleasant man, um, as was I. I. I didn't have any issues. I want to get to the bottom of it. I want to resolve it. It's something that I I don't. I don't con- I don't condone in my house or anything with my children being involved in anything like that. So well, did he tell I you want, what he did? I, I wanted. Well, he said. Well, he said. You know, your kid was very cooperative. Um, it's really. It's in everybody's best interest to just stop talking about the issue altogether and not bring it up anymore. And that's it. And then the only thing I really got was, well, I. I think that maybe your kid kind of said something that they shouldn't have. Well, that, so- that was kind of the extent of it. Like I said, I couldn't really get any specifics. It's hard for me was that a threat? You know, to actually pinpoint. Yeah. No, it wasn't a threat. All right, then it sounds like it's being handled internally. And mm-hmm. it, until, in, until you get a letter from, are you in Mahoney County? Correct. If, until you get a letter from Judge Delick at the uh, Mahoney County Juvenile Court, then they're not prosecuting it. So... You know, they're just trying to resolve the situation. That's what it sounds like. But right. but but, but, I, but you I have just two problems. To be sure of that, right? But you have two problems because I'm surprised your kid can't tell you specifically what it's about. Because I can assure you, my, he, he knows. My, and my, and my you got a kid, credibility my issue. Kid can my kid can? I just don't really want to talk about the whole issue on the radio. I understand. I, I want to protect all parties involved. Um, every. Right, but maybe so, it's maybe it's a legitimate thing to sign and cease and desist and move on. I, I don't. Yeah, if you got a no, cease and no, desist letter from I, the school, I, I, I'm I'm good with that, and I, I believe me, I, I appreciate that. I'm trying to stress that. But the other thing is, the person who issued it and went to the police department originally, they are not doing that. They are sending kids past my kid's classroom. Even when you know they're the ones that ordered it. So, oh, wait a second. You said they went to the police department. I, I believe that they went to the police department. That's what the school had told me. They went to the police department, and it stemmed from there. Well, if you didn't get anything from the police department, it, deci- it sounds like the police decided to take no action, and the school is handling it internally. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's hard to answer because it's so vague. Really. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I know. I like I said. I'm trying to protect all parties involved. You know what? Sit down with the kids. bring your have your son and the school officials and sit down and just use practical reason. Let common sense be your guide, and and it it'll work itself out. No, and I agree with that. And like I said, I was just curious about the cease and desist signing. It is it an omission of guilt? Does it go on a permanent record? Um, that's that's what I'm trying to well, avoid. Well, you talk to the principal. It may end up. It may be school procedure that it it ends up in his personnel file because I've subpoenaed personnel files from school 
uh, for students in in custody cases and things to see how they're doing in school. And you'd be surprised at how much stuff is in some of the files. I think you're only going to. I think you're. I think you're going to get an answer only if you have perhaps a lawyer talk to the school and get a formal response to your question. Is it going to be part of his record, et cetera, et cetera? Because there has to be some policy with the school, and and they're not telling you what that policy is. I think you, maybe you need a lawyer, some representative to help you out. Right. Is there is there another step I should take since I had already met with the principal? As I said, uh, perhaps get representation so that person can talk to the principal and and get a formal response. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good luck, uh, News Radio. I mean, it's hard to answer because it's so vague. Here's right. Jerry. Legal question for the attorneys tonight. Go ahead. Okay. Um, here's my situation. I got a legal question regarding um, power of attorney and an adult child's rights to make decisions on behalf of their elderly parents. Elderly parents, they have durable powers of attorney for each other. Um, the uh, man has recently had a stroke and his mental capacity is diminished. Um, they are both presently in a um, uh, temporary uh, facility, like a rehab facility. They will not sign over um, any kind of durable power of attorney to their adult child that is their primary care provider. And the temporary rehab facility that they are in is indicating to the adult child that they feel that they need longer-term care, but they will not relinquish power of attorney to the adult child. Who will not? Is there relinqu- any? Who will, is there any recourse? Who will not relinquish power of attorney to the adult child? The the the, uh, the both parents, both the man and the well, wife. The well, I thought you said. I thought you. Child. I thought you said that they've already signed a power of attorney. For the child, no, they to, are they are power attorney over each over each other. Other, you you have to actually show that they're incompetent. You would have to show that they don't have the capability of making their own decisions. You would have to petition the probate court. And I I believe this is not my area of expertise, Carl. So if you think you know, uh, jump in. But you would have to petition the probate court to have them be deemed your ward. You know, or or ask the probate court specifically to give you their child power of attorney, guardianship, power over medical decisions. I mean, that's what right. the probate court is there for. Well, there are two types of guardianship. One would be uh, in regard to making medical decisions, and uh, another would be in regard to handling. Uh, There's a financial the, power of attorney, and uh, yeah, a financial power of attorney. Uh, medical power of attorney, also uh, making decisions in regard to uh, medical decisions uh, where where the where the parents are to uh, stay or or where they're to uh, where the parents are to be transferred that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So so, but I don't uh, think you could force someone correct. to sign over a power of attorney if they're still oh correct fit yeah. and yeah, if right. they're competent. Well, and and that, here, here's the situation, you know the the. The father has had a stroke and has diminished mental capacity, and uh, the the mother is fairly acute mentally, but refuses to do anything for herself whatsoever. I mean, they're in a they're in a temporary care facility, and the people in this temporary care facility are saying these two are not capable. I mean, does that you hold need, any water? Or is there any? 
you know, would how need do we, the, how do you go about proving to a court system that these two are not capable of of making decisions for one another you need a, phys- a physician's narrative report signed by their doctor okay and and would you agree with that uh, di- uh, diagnosis caller that they're not capable of making decisions <clears throat> i do agree with that yes i i think i think that the the mother is possibly uh maybe a little bit sharper uh, as far as making maybe safe financial decisions but she just she is unwilling to do anything for herself and what do you mean you know, by that what, what do you mean unwilling to do anything for herself what does that mean that means unwilling to do anything for herself unwilling to make a sandwich to have for lunch Okay, and that's what she de- gets. She gets taken care of at the nursing home for that, correct? Exactly, exactly. And what's wrong with that? Then what's wrong with her doing that? Could you tell me? Well, the, well, well, how does she make? A, how does she get the sandwich when she's at when she when she's relieved from the the temporary care facility and she's at home and and there's no one there to make a sandwich. She might not. I mean, it sounds to me like the husband who had a stroke might not be able to be relieved from, exactly. the, from the facility. Exactly. He can't. He can't care for her. Right. So it may. It may turn out to be a court matter where the court is going to have to hear evidence, and and as Mark said, um, uh, depending on the court, it may accept a letter from a doctor, but there has to be testimony, and then the judge is going to have to make a decision to appoint or not appoint. A guardianship, at least uh, in Pennsylvania, there is a guardian of the person, and there can be a guardian of the um, finances and medical, and there can be two different types of guardianships. Uh, he could grant both of them. Yeah, that's actually on, yeah. on the on the forms on the petition. You have to indicate what you are seeking guardianship of. So, um, would you be their guardian, caller? No, I, it's just an in-law. It's just, I'm, these are an in-law situation, and I'm you know calling on behalf of the in-law. I would call a probate attorney and find out, you know, explain your situation, and they will tell you what would, you would need to do. But it would you would be filing some type of a petition. You would be seeking uh, physician narrative reports from their treating physicians who would have an opinion as to whether or not they are capable of of caring for themselves and whether they are have all their faculties and whether or not a guardian is necessary. And the judge okay, will take appropriate that's, action. That's pretty much what what I felt, you know. But I wanted to call and hear from you guys. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thank you very much. All Good right. luck. So you need an estate attorney for that, right? A probate attorney. A probate attorney. Yeah, because the the probate court is where you would make that application. I mean, you're not talking about the estate yet. You're talking about a guardianship. Different. You're talking about taking the decision making from someone, investing it in somebody else. And it seems like maybe even against their wishes, too. And it could be against their wishes, yes. If if they are not capable of of caring for themselves or they lack the mental capacity to care for themselves, then it's in their best interest to appoint someone, even if they don't want it. But maybe the elderly elderly lady might say, I'm perfectly capable of making my own financial decisions, and they just disagree with them. I was just going to say, uh, they would have the right to testify also, and the judge would have to assess the situation, that's all. And frankly, if the lady says, I'm perfectly capable of making decisions they just disagree with them the doctor would say that that she's perfectly capable of making her own decisions Mm -hmm. but if but if the facility has called them and said they're not too swift on making them that says something i wouldn't necessarily trust the facility relative to that stuff i would i would trust a doctor well, we could almost do a real case scenario with this. You know what I mean? As far as Moses is concerned, I knew I mean, you were going we there. Could, we could do we could do, we could do one in essence where I say, okay, you know, maybe I should be appointed his caretaker. You've been you've been working that 
angle for since I've been here. Right. <laughs> You've been trying to and get it, that. And it's still not working out for no. me. And I'm <laughs> You're no my, closer. And I've tried You're... my damnedest, you know what I mean? As I explained, I have the right to testify. <laughs> That's the problem and, and, that troubles and, and, me right there. Yeah, well... He, he may end up with guardianship over you. I also That's know. another part. <laughs> Somehow it'll backfire. That's right. what I know. Uh, thank you, Mark. Right. And also, uh, for that caller's uh, uh, knowledge, there can be more than one doctor, too. For example, the parents or the mother could get a doctor to say the opposite of what the other doctor is going to say. Then it could be up to the judge to decide, which do I accept? And the judge has to hear all the testimony. There you go. All right. I have three lines open in Youngstown. You got a legal question? We'll come back for our final segments on News Radio 570 WKBN 551. Here's the number 729 9977. 729 9977. Three lines are open there. If you got a legal question, child support, divorce, DUI, custody, estates, evictions, auto accidents, whatever the case might be, call now 729 9977. Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy's. Low tonight's going to be down to 47 degrees. We're looking uh, for a high tomorrow at 47. So our low tonight will be the high tomorrow. And uh, we'll drop down to 17 for tomorrow. 70% chance of rain to snow showers. So if I would uh, speculate, it's going to be 47 and midnight will be 47. And as the day goes on, the temperature will probably drop during the day. 36 will be the high on Saturday with a 30% chance. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be partly sunny for the most part. Partly sunny on Sunday and 41. 52 the high on Monday, 60 on Tuesday, and 59 on Wednesday. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. I think winter's officially over. No, I think he could shock you and come back and just freeze you out for a day or two. Okay. That's what I'm worried about. Thanks for making me feel good. Okay, Jack, you're on the air with the attorneys. Hello there. Hi. Uh, great show. You guys are hilarious. Thanks, I have two Jack. quick questions. Um, one, about how much time does it take and how much would it cost to try and register a trademark on a product? Woo. That's that's really not my area. So well, not, wait a minute. When I hear trademark, that trademark is usually a business name. I don't know these using. Well, the right no, term. I think you, you trademark a name in Ohio with the state. You trademark. Well, yeah, what are you trying to trademark? I have an invention. I tried to get a patent on it. Yeah, see, that's not. I couldn't get past the <laughs> non-obvious portion of the patent application, and the patent attorney I spoke to suggested register the trademark. What I'm not sure about is I have an LLC, so I don't know if I should register the LLC or register the individual product under the LLC. And I just was wondering how much time and money it would take to do that. I've never, now I have registered a fictitious name in the state of Ohio, and all you have to do is send in the proper forms to the Ohio Secretary of State, and you pay the filing fee, and it's the same way you would register or incorporate a business in the state of Ohio. When you're talking about trademarking an idea, a concept, uh, that's that's a little more but esoteric. But he couldn't get a patent on to begin right, with. Right, because so it didn't pass the obvious phase. Um, so... Yeah, I really don't think I I could formulate any kind of a, a logical. But his patent answer. lawyer then said you said it doesn't. You're not going to get a patent. You need a trademark. You better ask your patent attorney to to say, well, what's the benefits of that, and how do I do that? Yeah, what would it cost me? Right. Okay. I can I can go ahead and do that. Thanks. Good luck. I find it very interesting that a lawyer is willing to admit that he registered a fictitious name, but that's another. Story. No, no, no. Huh? A fictitious name. Uh, it's not a fictitious name. It's like if Mark DeVecchio was opening a company and I wanted to call my company, you know, 
MD whatever. That would be the fictitious name. You would M- right. yet you would enter with the Secretary of State. This is the name I'm going to call my business. Yeah, but why right. would it be I'm, fictitious? Why wouldn't you use your real name? Why are you doing something under a fictitious name? Yeah, I understand. I was I was just kidding. <laughs> oh, all right. The other question, quick question. Yeah. Is it is it legal or illegal to if if you are a teacher, if you went to a, a school, technical school or something like that, and the t- and the teacher without taking the time to go into details, but basically I had absolute solid evidence, okay? The teacher retroactively lowered this particular student's grade, okay, to try and get that student out of the program you're in. Is that illegal in the state of Ohio to actually go back and retroactively lower a grade that was already given? It may be a violation of somebody's rights if you're trying to remove them from, from and without cause. Yeah, yes, it was definitely without cause. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a violation of policy. You earn your grade. Your grade is based on your work product, and and you know, to 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 grade it on some other aspect would definitely be against the policy. It would be a violation of the teacher's code. Okay. Thank you. All right. Hey guys, great show. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the calls, Alan. You got a question for the attorneys? News Radio five seventy WQM. Hello there. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm actually calling on behalf of my daughter, and she's going worse. And uh, there's a question of spousal support that she may have to pay to her husband because supposedly he has some kind of uh, problem to where he can't. He can't work. Uh, his employer has told him to come back to work by a certain date, so apparently they feel he can, but he claims there's too much excruciating pain and says he cannot. Now, in his attorneys asking for spousal support, he includes not only my daughter's income, but he also includes child support that she receives from a first husband. Is that is that figure into that? Uh, spousal support is you take a look at, at income from all sources. So when the court determines whether it's appropriate and reasonable in determining the amount and for how long, the court considers a bunch of different criteria. First, they look at... <clears throat> Pardon me. First, they look at whatever is going to be divided in the divorce. For instance, if I have a million dollars in my bank account and you get 750000 of it, that may relieve me of the duty of paying spousal support. Okay. Then the court looks at the earning ability of the parties. If your daughter has a greater earning ability, she's a, a doctor that went to medical school and, and he's the, you know, the, cleans the, 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 the hospital rooms, their earning abilities are different. So the, the court looks at that. They look at like the, the ages and the, fez, the mental, emotional abilities of the parties and the duration of the marriage, and there's a number of things that they look at. Now, it, your question is, is child support part of the gross income? Uh, the court may consider it, but I don't know. You I know, think understand. that'd be a stretch, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's just one of the considerations. There's no real, there's no mathematical equation to determining spousal support. It's based on a number of factors. But child support paid by somebody else for another child, I wouldn't think they could consider that for spousal support, would you? 
they consider there's money coming in, but they don't add it to gross income. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not. It, it it's a consideration. A They'll say, "Oh, you're getting child support," but yeah, they won't be. It won't be the determining factor. The argument would be that money's coming in for the child. All right, we're out of time. Thank you, guys.